ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Competition is Today is a very special edition of Hard to Paint with David Grubb. Um, this is my 100th episode. And, you know, these are milestones. Um, and what I wanted to do, and there are a lot of things to talk about, of course, from this past weekend. There's the Saints and the Pelicans are going on. LSU's trying to hire people and this, that, and the other. And presidential inauguration is tomorrow. But what I want to do is go back to the beginning for me. And the beginning of Hard to Paint, before there was a Hard to Paint podcast, before there was a Hard to Paint radio show, it all goes back um, really in a lot of ways to this guest, to this man that I'm welcoming now, um, Dave DeCorbier, uh, D Squared. Um, he gave him my shot um, in major radio. I'd been, you know, Ro Brown is one of my mentors and he put me on. Um, Dave and I had no real relationship none and it was i was a guest a couple times and then he was like dude i got some openings can you host my show and here we are now almost two years later and we are still friends and we are still colleagues and and this dude is one of the people that changed my life not just in broadcasting but in a number of ways so i have to welcome him now the one and only d squared dave decorbier you're making me blush, David. Stop it, man. Stop it. Well, look, you know, it, going back to that, when I had my show and, and I, I had caught you on, on some other shows and it was funny. I, I, I liked the way you carried yourself, the way you carried a conversation. Uh, there wasn't a lot of filler words. The ums and ahs weren't there. You would get to a point, you would hit it, but you would always uh inform with your opinions though it wasn't just kind of like yeah well you know the saints need to score more points than the other team and they're gonna do well it was always insightful stuff and 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 you were also a nerd which you know that that really helped a lot because you and i are pretty much the same age you like star wars you like all the cool comics gi joe transformers so we kind of got along and it made it easy to do that but you know it that was sort of when i brought you on you know, you, you were my basketball guy at first because that's kind of how I knew you as, as a Pelicans guy. And then, you know, I because I didn't find this out until later after you and I started talking more that you've been covering LSU for years upon years and that you had made your bones in TV before all this stuff. And it's just funny how small our industry is, but also kind of how big it is because there's a lot of jobs and odds and ends out there that you might not know about people. Cause as, as you and I have well learned in this industry, you have got to wear multiple hats and be uh, proficient in many, many areas and skills. Absolutely. And that's what I learned, you know, first and foremost, cause I had learned basically how to kind of plot out a show and how to figure those things out on a semi-regular basis. But but once you started giving me days, consecutive days, and then and then eventually, you know, quite frankly, being the person who kept ringing the bell and saying, this dude needs a shot, give him a shot. Dude, that I mean, was, man, I that was, I remember you and I, because it, it was like months, months we were working on that. And, and I remember trying to say, look, 
there's an opportunity here, but I don't want to get your hopes up because the wheels of corporate America move slow. And and I remember like like we were we were almost there two months before it happened. Then like all of a sudden the brakes got locked up, and I'm like, what the bleep, man? And and there was somebody who remained nameless who kind of stuck their nose into something, but we popped it. And uh, we got you on the air. And honestly, I mean, all the hard work really was you. I mean, it was easy to provide and say, hey, look, this guy knows what he's doing. Let's put him on the air. But, you know, a lot of times there are so many conversations that go in in the corporate world. And especially iHeart New Orleans, we have eight friggin' stations, man, you mm-hmm. know. And so let's be honest, sports 1280 AM was the low man on the totem pole where they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we love you guys. But wait, where is it? I have the, uh, the, the, the big thing from the, the, from the door. Yeah. No, no, from the from lobby. lobby. We had all the pictures of all our stations. It's just like, I'm like, well, we don't need this anymore. Boop, I'll take that. Uh, but you know, I mean, it, it was really, you know, we were the redheaded stepchild, but we had some dedicated people that, that would listen to the show that got involved because we had a very involved, like social media presence and, uh, yeah, dude, but look, that was all on you, man. I just kept, you know, going, Hey, here's a guy, here's a guy you, we should use him, you know, but you did all the legwork, bro. But then once we got in. The coolest thing is because, you know, there were so many changes in the beginning, you know, whether it was from uh, the time the lineup switches and, the times and, the and lineups and, and then, you know, and then when things changed and your show ended and mm-hmm. I'm going to say it that way, um, your show ended and you became my producer. And I think that really took our relationship to a different level because we had done some things, you know, still done some things. We had done the basketball yeah, right. stuff with the big three and, you know, we were, we were in constant communication just anyway yeah. um, on a daily basis. Like, you know, what you, what you got, I got, here's what I got. Here's what I got. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. And that was a good thing too, because we didn't want to have the same guests, you know, you wanted nope. to make sure that all the shows were mixed up and that you didn't have, you know, so many people on at the same day, you know, and then you mix up topics though, too, you know, obviously some headlines are going to be the headline in every show, but yeah, no, I mean that there was a repartee and communication where there wasn't in some other shows, but. You know. and, it, and it's different too, because we were in the building every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And so we were around each other consistently, but even then I think we struck it up. And like you said, we couldn't probably like on the surface, if people, two people looked at us outside of our first names, say, <laughs> these guys couldn't be more different. Like just if you were superficial about it. Yeah. Right. Because we're not the same. We're like, like in that regard, you know, our backgrounds ain't the same. We're not, the, we don't, we're not, we don't communicate the same. We're just different right. in yep. that regard. But the more we, you and I get around each other, even the things that we may not taste, you know, like they have the same taste for. Yeah. The way we process it, the way we process ourselves, the way we deal with fans, the way we deal with the audiences, the way we deal with each other is very similar. And you know, we got a definite language that we can speak to each other, not hurt each other when we were pissed. You know, if we can <laughs> laugh, we can make each other laugh. Yeah. If we needed to communicate shorthand, we had our own shorthand. Yeah, and I just, right. that, like, that you know, show was it, not it, producer. It was, it's producer host in the best sense of the word because you helped me be better because you looked out for me as a producer mm-hmm. and you knew what I wanted to do. 
But at the same time, you can say, hey, Dave, Dave, you might want to do this. Hey, Dave, the time. And and one thing that I've always like, like even my Twitter handle is producer D2, because like I've I've produced, I've lost track of how many shows I've sort of produced. And, And one of the things I did love about producing was being able to talk on the air. But one thing that I would try to beat into people's heads is don't talk for the sake of talking, you know, if you're not adding something to the conversation, sit down and shut your ass up. And, and one thing that I liked about producing with you was that, you know, I, I, I would never talk unless, you know, like you would get on a roll. I just be like, Whoop, I just step aside and just let you go, you know, but because that's the thing though, you know, I think producers also, you know, you, you want to put that the host in the best light. And, and it's not about the producer. I've, I've, I mean, there's so many shows where the producers like just, they just won't freaking shut up or, you know, they, they, they try to, you know, muscle in on stuff. And, and, and that was something that, that you and I, we worked shockingly well together too, man. Like the, you brought up the big three, Holy crap nuggets, dude. I had never done that before in my life. And like, so like you had sent me a couple of things to fill out and I got all the, the rosters and I'm just kind of like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be the color guy, but I'm like, I've never done this, but I know how to BS myself through. I, I do it two hours a day. I can obviously do it through a couple of games, you know? And, but that was, that was such a great relationship because like you're in there and you're like going through all the stuff. You've got your, 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 your show notes. And this is something I didn't even know existed was like the Jersey number who they are and then like you would have their schools where they went to school what some of their free throw stats were and I'm like Jesus how are you this prepared but but that's because you had done all this stuff before though too and I think that's just something that you know a lot of people don't know what we do in this business especially just like show hosts and, and producers yeah. and things because now you're your own producer you know you you have to cut the audio you have to set up the guests you have to do all that leg work and and that preparation is key i think a lot of people uh just think that we kind of walk in turn on the mic and just go i mean I, i've got guests set up for my nerd show like into February right now. And, yep. and I've got show notes. I keep a Google doc that I update daily where it's like, Ooh, I like this. I'm going to put this in, in this show note for Sunday's show. And it's that preparation that I think sort of separates the men from the boys. If, when it comes into, you know, just, I guess radio, but also just kind of a entertainment though, because like, like we are producing a show. I mean, a lot of people just like when, you know, they want to call it the Bob Smith show. Well, if your name's on the damn show, you better make sure it's a good show, you yeah. know? And, and I think that's a lot of work goes into that. So there we and, go. I, don't know. I, I went down some rabbit hole just now. No, and I mean, cause, I mean, honestly, like if people don't know, it was a brokered show, which meant I paid our right. hard money every month to be on the air and you know yeah, that's the like, dirty secret that's how i got my start dude i mean wgso down the dial the, the weekend geek when i first started dude you know i would i would play it up because I, you have to sell sponsorships to yeah. get that so countless times i would just straight up lie and say yeah i brought them this show about you know geek and how pop culture and geeks are really you know t- flying high right now and they were like wow what an interesting concept we'd love to have you on the air and i'm like here's my check Thank you. Thank you. But I mean, seven, seven years I've been on, well, eight years I've been on the air and it's only two years ago. I finally got unbrokered, but I mean, five years, that's the dirty secret. But I mean, the thing is it, it's, 
there's an opportunity to be had there that gives people like us right off the street an opportunity, but you have to have some drive. You have to have some initiative. You got to be creative because you've got to stand out and you got to do all those things like social media. You have to curate your content. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So a lot of people think that, oh, well, I'm going to go in there, turn on the mic and talk, and suddenly I'll be a, a famous radio star. It's like, yeah, my ass you are. You have to bust your ass if you want to make it in this business. People have no idea how long two hours is. <laughs> it, it, like, just please, all the people that called in in those mornings, they were like, well, I can do what you do. Yeah. Please, Look, I, please come I on down. I got shot down so many times because I wanted to do this promo at, at Sports 1280 for over a year and a half. And they kept telling me, no, I wanted to do a, 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 a contest and call it. So you think you can be a talk show host and have people sign up and, and send in test reels of how they would do it. Because every everybody out there who says they can do it. Once you get in there and you stare down the barrel of a two hour show and if you're not prepared, God help you. I mean, there was a time that I remember just doing my one hour show when I first got into it being like, oh, my God, what am I going to say for a whole hour? Being terrified of that. But then after a few years and, and you keep on doing it, it's like you look at a two hour show and you're like, crap, I ain't going to get to all the stuff I need to get to today, you know, but, but that's, you have to get to that point, but that two hours people think, Oh, well, I can, I could keep on talking for that. Like, yeah, but can you keep the audience engaged? Can you switch topics? Can you, you know, entertain them while you're engaging them? And can you balance humor and seriousness? Because there's a lot of times we have to deal with heavy subjects. You and I, I remember during, after the George Floyd murders and the Black Lives Matters protests and, the, and everything that was going on, we had a lot of heavy shows. We stuck to sports. I mean, you stuck to sports, but we got in there and 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 really got into the heavy stuff. But then we'd have to lighten it up because, you know, you you want to use your platform because it's your damn platform. And you know what? Anybody can kiss your ass if they don't want to hear what you got to say. But it's yours. And but you want to. The audience, I think a lot of people take this for granted. You are asking the audience for a a, a amount of time of their day, maybe an hour, two hours, however long a podcast is. And you need to pay that off and you need to be respectful of that time you're asking for. And I think a lot of people miss that because it's like they're so full of themselves where it's just like, oh, well, they, they're lucky to be able to listen to me for two hours. They have my ass they are. You know, you you have to work at it and and make people go, you know what? Hey, Grub's new podcast is coming out. All right, let me let me get over to uh to, to, to Spotify and, and Apple, Apple, where wherever the hell else we can get your podcast, David. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the thing always to me was that every day, and you kind of look at it like any other performer, it might be the first time somebody's ever hearing your show. And yes. so if you're not going to give them a show that's compelling and it has to be reflective of who you are. And I think that we did a great job of that every day. And part of that was because, and, and we talked about this off before we started this and you said something um, about being yourself, being willing to learn, mm. but I, I had to be open too because sports radio is not typically a, an environment that is welcoming to black people it's just right. not and and no, so right. the audience tends to be very monolithic and uh, i mean as you your had producer to, i dude I, I i 
there's a lot of times I wouldn't tell you this because I didn't want it to affect what you were doing in, in the booth because I know how heavy this can be on people where it's just like, dude, I, don't, I can't tell you how many bleep holes would call up and be like, tell that bleep to stick to sports and shut up. I mean, dude, countless times. I mean, you know, because you, you would say uh, your truth. You, you, I think that's what oh, I, I, I get frustrated sometimes because it's just like people did not want to hear what you had to say. And because it was unique to them. And I want to say that it was unique to them. And and they would just get so frustrated with, with the kneeling for the anthem and the Drew Brees thing where he was, oh, God. We're going to get to Drew Brees at some point, right? Yes. You know what? You know what? I, you know what I'm excited about, David? I'll tell you this much. I can't wait to be able to attack the Saints uh, mercilessly now because before how dare you say that against drew well if drew ain't there and it's only my boy tay tay i'll be like god dang it Taysom! why do you turn over the ball again you friggin bum call me tay tay i love you but i i that'll be great being able to actually uh attack the saints without the Drew Brees acolytes coming out going, how dare you say that about that fountain of youth and that wonderful pillar of humanity. And it's, it's you know, you can't criticize it. Let's get, yeah, that, that part of it. Uh, and I think one of the things I also wanted to do was what I respected out of you is because you always brought to me a, a perspective that was more fan centric and because that's your natural reaction. And my natural reaction is to be a little more distant. And, and so it, it actually made me better. I think I've gotten so much better over the last year or so in connecting with fans because not that I ever looked down on it, but it's because it, it, I'm a fan. You know that I'm a fan. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, but it was I remember just, little David Grubb would cry to his mom. Mom, why do the Saints suck? Are they ever going with? I wanted to kill that mom. <laughs> Mike Lansford was going to get it for me if he had ever come across that barefoot bastard. I wanted to kill him. And, but, and, but you have a you have a news mind, though. I mean, you, you did you did uh, TV sports mm-hmm. where it's like you have to hit it and quit it. It's just the facts, ma'am. And, and sometimes when, when you have to write in-depth articles about people, you have to be a little dispassionate. You have to kind of remove yourself from it. And I never purported to be a, uh, a, a newsman. I, I was just like, look, I love me some saints. I love sports in general. Uh, you want to talk? I, I got you covered on the D league every Monday through Friday from two to four, right here on sports, 1280 Waka Waka, you know? No, but uh, like there was, there's room for all of that. And that was the thing yeah. is that there was room yeah. for all of that. And we got less of that. And that's the thing that disappointed me most about 1280 is that once they started weeding out shows and we started getting more national stuff filling in those spots Mm. the shows weren't as dynamic anymore because there wasn't the alternative like you know there wasn't something that you could listen to and get a feel for something else like you could come to my show and yeah two two out of the four topics might be a little bit heavier and then when you go approach it you're going to approach it in a completely different way plus 
you know, the morning to the afternoon, like you said, things change. You got the injury report in the afternoon. Yeah, right. That I didn't get in the morning. And you you got a different group of people who are listening at eight or 10 in the morning who are listening to two in the afternoon. And and, and it was it was fun because because when I was producing shows and also on the air, because I was producing Eric Asher's show and then going from that booth into the other booth to do my show from two to four. Uh, But I would get people who would call Eric's show and they're just like, hey, you know, I, I, I don't, don't get, don't take this the wrong way. I like you, but you're just too loud and obnoxious. I'm like, Hey man, to each their own. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm totally fine with that because some people want just the stats. They want to know, you know, what, how many tackles they get, how many solo and open field tackles and interceptions and that. like stats bore me. And I want to go to sleep when I read stats. And, but some people are, are completely into that and that was we had such a good lineup with gordy in there man it 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 was fun man i i wish we'd have gotten a longer uh uh attempt at that yeah Yeah, man because we were building something we were totally building something i believe that i really do believe that Uh, but i am i'm glad where that i am where i am now and i'm glad you know that you're still doing well and you know no matter what that that time that time is special to me. That 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 is like, like I said, and to go through that pandemic, the start of it with you, Ooh, that to was, where we were like, we would come in those mornings and it'd be like, we don't have a goddamn game to talk about. <laughs> what, we don't, like, we don't have a practice. We ain't got what, a game. We ain't got. And, 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 and this is this is props to you though too, because th- there were so many times we could have just gone off the rails and, and and done nothing but pandemic COVID talk and 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 you know all the the heavy stuff. But we you know we did sports because the name of the station was Sports Twelve Eighty, and, and you know it, we didn't even have to go too too far to find sports stories you know the lazy thing to say was that oh well there's nothing to talk about but there's always something to talk about that you know one of the inseparable things which you know the whole shut up and stick to sports always pisses me off is that you cannot separate the human element from sports and and there's so much to, to dig in with that because i remember pitching my show to management for iheart because it wasn't like oh dave's here let's throw him on the air i had to sell this bitch i mean i had to work and and I, I basically I, I said, look, you know, I prefer the human side of the story. I prefer to, to, to know what the players do once they get off the field. I want to know what you know, those are the things I care about as much as I, you know, I, I live and die by what they do on the field. I also want to know the people. I mean, man, dude, Craig Robertson, man, it's still like I, I see him on the field on Sundays, just this Sunday. I'm just like, hey, Craig, you know, because that was my boy, man. Me and Craig got along well, like peas and carrots. And we got, I mean, we got our fanboy moments meeting Ice Cube and having Mark <laughs> come in the studio and do those things. And the people that we got to talk to and stuff. And it's, yeah, we fanboyed yeah. out plenty, plenty. Yeah. And, but Absolutely. still, I mean, like, like I say, I, I love that we got to expand it. We really had a great opportunity to expand the conversation and talk about a lot of things. We talked about sports law. We talked about, yeah. I mean, in every different facet and i also appreciate the fact that ultimately i don't think anybody in the region had a broader set of guests and topics oh, hell no. than we did hell no, no dude i mean and, and and you brought in a lot of people that a lot of people hadn't heard of 
I mean, and it just it kind of goes back to, you know, being the only person of color on the air with a daily damn show because there are so many people out there grinding and working at it day in and day out that don't get a damn shot, you know, and and and, you know, it, it was good to give everybody an opportunity, you know, to, to, to say showcase their skills like, hey, I exist. How you doing? Come check me out. Give me a follow on Twitter. Hit me up on IG. You know, and if they were I mean, whack, they didn't come back. We we were yeah, right. like there were a lot of one timers, and there were people who were like, there was there was some that during it you you would come to me like I don't know if this guy's gonna make it. I was like I know. Yeah, yeah. This one. Is, who was not- who was the cat who had a diabetic situation where he just kept repeating himself? Oh over my over man, over? yeah, my man Charles Reese, and that was so yes, tough. That was a tough morning for him. That, and that was crazy too because I remember going. We were I'm, in a I'm, panic. We felt yeah, so freaked like, out for like, him. And then I start trying to call him back because you're like, call him back, call him back, call him back. And I'm like, he's not answering his phone. I'm like. We're, we're like, is he dead? We're like, holy crap, what the hell are we, you know, we didn't know what to do, but there's a live show going on. And it's like, we're like, what the hell? Fortunately, we ended up getting through to him and he's just like, I ate some sugar. We're like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we're like, dude, yeah, because I was so worried because he just couldn't, he was in a loop and, and Charles yeah. is so smart and so, he was usually so insightful and we were kind of, I remember us looking through the glass at each other yeah, while like, it was going on, like, is he doing this on purpose at first? Right, like, at first, a- I think we thought he was just messing with us. Right, and then it was like, no, this doesn't feel right and it was just like, let's dump and then yeah. I was, yeah, I remember telling you off, I was like, check, please, check, see what's yeah, going right. on. Yeah, but if, if those things, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change any of what we did. I wouldn't change any. No. Now I wish other things had gone different. But every day that we had, every last one of them, except for the day you got real sick and had to get <laughs> wheeled out of the building. <laughs> but I, I fell man, out. I just fell out. You know, <laughs> talking with Slab and talking with you know just AD and all that. Just it was, yeah, man. And, and yeah. look, it's it's uh it's it's a we're we're a, a shadow of our former selves over there right now. But let's not get into that. Let's. No. let's what, what are we getting into today, Mister Grub? I guess we have to give back to sports, and uh, it all starts and ends with the New Orleans Saints. It all starts and ends there. And <sighs> going into the season, I don't think either one of us felt like it was. You know, you, you knew what it was. And we all the way going back into the summer when we when we were doing stuff, we talk about you knew this was the last one. You knew yeah, no matter yeah. what, this was it, it was the swan song. Yeah. Um and if they were going to win, it wasn't going to be because of Breeze, but if they lost, it was ultimately going to be because of Breeze. That's what that's what my gut told me that they had built this yeah. team to survive him. And that's right. the genius of Sean Payton to me over the last four years is that he figured out how to survive all of Drew's decline and yeah. still make that team score 30 points a game. But yeah. you watching it and watching as that game got, you know, it very similar to last year, missing opportunities early, getting mm-hmm. up with field goals instead of touchdowns, yep. not being able to convert plays down the field, having to resort to a trick play to get yourself in position to get to a touchdown <laughs> like it did against Minnesota. All those things, yep. it felt so similar. And then once it got to the second half and it was tied, I was like, it's over. The Saints are going to lose this game. It felt you know, it just, I, I thought too we much. had it. I thought we at least were, were still in it. You know, it's basically, it was zero to zero to start the second half. And, and, you know, the run game was working. 
you know, it was it was interesting because, uh, you know, I got to hate Joe Buck. But, you know, he kept on going on about how, well, he can't throw the deep ball. It's like, yes, we all know that he can't throw the deep ball. And but it, it was just like nothing was working. And look, David, I, I go back to shoot two years ago when I was at Saints training camp. I was gushing over Jared Cook. I mean, it would constantly, almost every day, I was like, Jared Cook, because his first day in camp, I'm there and I'm watching him, just these giant hands, these huge hops he had. I'm like, this guy is going to make a difference. And he just never really made a difference. I mean, I can't tell you how many he times. Had games. Like, Keys to the games. I was like, Jared Cook needs to have a good game, get that intermediate short yardage stuff, and he'll be the guy. And it just never happened. And then the the doinked footballs off of him over the past two years, the, the, the dropped passes, the fumbles. I mean, I think the Jared Cook experiment's over. And I think when I look back at this year, I think maybe Jared Cook is probably somebody I'm more depressed about having just never achieved his, his full potential or I guess maybe he had achieved his full potential in Oakland and then came here and just declined. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, he had the raw skills you would need, but it just never panned out, man. Never. Between Cook losing Quan Alexander and, you know, Ross Jackson, yeah. when Quan Alexander went down, I was like, that's the, bad. The defense looked good though. The defense. Oh, the defense the did, on, on a normal yeah. day. The defense yeah. had, uh, did what it was put, enough you to give them win short that yardage. Game. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, there were a couple of obviously there were a couple of plays that like, the Godwin catch that wasn't that was a bad beat. Yeah, they were lucky yeah. to get away with that one. Yeah. Um, but really, yeah, for the most part, look, they got worn down eventually. It was just yeah. they were on the field so damn much, and they could. And Cam Jordan was wasn't Cam Jordan. I mean, he quite no, it just you know, he I wasn't. Mean, it, Davenport was getting in there. You know, you were seeing some good stuff. I mean, uh, even Trey Hendrickson, that neck, the neck for Trey Hendrickson clearly was bothering him because he had yeah. he did not have the speed and the push that he had had in the previous two games against you know, Tampa. Something that I that I noticed all season long. This, this is what I missed about having a sports show because I'd have beat, been beating the crap out of the Saints about this all season long. Is that these sons of biscuits cannot wrap up? They cannot finish a tackle. It's friggin' ping pong balls out there. They just say they fly into you and hope to knock you off balance. They have no idea how to wrap up. They have no idea how to tackle all season long. It's just been irritating me. I mean, it's just like even my fourteen-year-old said, you know, he was just like. They're doing it again, Dad. I'm like, I'm aware, son. You know, because nobody's teaching them the fundamentals of freaking tackling. And it's just, oh, there are so many things. But the defense, I can't blame the defense for this loss in, in the playoffs to Brady. I mean, I don't know why they abandoned the run game when you had Kamara doing so well. Uh, I just, I, I don't understand what happened. Because, I mean, the, 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 the the Bucks didn't really change much. They didn't really come out of the, uh, the the tunnel and like, okay, here's our new game plan for the second half. No, they just kept doing what they were doing. We just kept turning the ball over, and it just and uh, you can see it. Like there was one throw that Breeze got complete in the first half, and it was a throw to Emmanuel Sanders on the left side, and he okay. put everything he had into that throw, and it was mm. they got it for the first down. I think he yeah. got about they got him out to like they remember they were backed up. And there was a penalty, and then they get up to the, about the 40 on that throw to Sanders. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And Breeze threw that ball like with everything he had, mm. and it just got there. And it was like, yeah. you know, because, I mean, it's just it, – you can tell – it just 
the broken ribs, the age. And, and, and we talked about this a, a year ago with yeah. once it starts, once the body starts to break down, really. Yeah. And he had had the arm last year, then the right. ribs and the arm never, it was never going to get better because that's no. the same shoulder that he had damaged all the way back at the beginning of his career. So it was already never a hundred percent. It just, time ran out and, and that's it. you can't really say it any other way. It's not that, cause it ends bad. It was Peyton Manning's last game. Yeah. He won a Super Bowl, but he was shitty in it. Dan Marino's <laughs> last game when he got embarrassed by the Broncos and John Elway in the playoffs was yeah. it 38 to three or something. The Jaguars ran him out. Or something. It was either Jaguars or Broncos ran Dan Marino off the field. It yeah. usually ends really bad for quarterbacks. Well, like, like Jer- Jerome Bettis, he had a, you know, he won a Super Bowl, but I mean, it was like, it was a, he got he carried and played. Yeah, yeah, he really didn't matter. <laughs> no, right, season. right. But I mean, those are the storybook endings that that you sometimes get. And I, I guess it just wasn't in the cards, but I just don't understand. It's not like the Saints are a terrible team, you know? It's just like, and I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that they choke because they, they didn't really choke. They just kept screwing up. I mean, and it's not like, I don't think they got in their heads, but sometimes there's just bad bounces. I mean, uh, just bad plays, bad luck. And I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's going to believe in luck on this stuff either. It's just sometimes that's why you play the game, you know, that whole motto, because the ball just bounces certain ways. This game was the saints. They should have won it. Uh, those 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 fluke plays and those accidents and and mental errors, it, it cost them the game. You know when Camara uh, and Breeze, you know Camara just didn't even turn around. He thought Drew was going to put it longer. So who's at fault, Drew or Camara? I don't know. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It was just a mental mistake, another turnover, which cost them the game. You know because we were still in it, and, and there was just. There were many options, and it, and after the Jameis touchdown, and and Drew was just really looking pretty old and ready to hang it up, uh, you know. After the Jameis touchdown, I, part of me was like, "Man, just get Drew out of there, just get Drew out." And and, and I answered my own question. I know you knew that it was wasn't going to happen because if, yeah. they could have been down. They would have had to have been down by thirty in yeah. the second half for them to pull Drew Brees. Right. And even then, they probably wouldn't have done it because it had been disrespectful. But, you know, it's just that Drew has always given you that opportunity to win. Whenever Drew was in there and you're down by 14, it's like, well, we still got a shot at this. You know, Drew's there. Drew can make it happen. Now, Drew hasn't really been able to make that happen. It's now one out of four that Drew would come in there and work the magic. Now, you know. It, it's over, and and I, it does kind of suck that Drew Brees' last game, there's really nobody in the Superdome to send him off. You know, it, it, it's sort of anticlimactic. But you know what? One thing that this city is good at it is the post party. So once we the, the vaccines come out and we can actually start, it'll be yeah. When it's Drew Brees Day and they bring right. out the Drew Brees and the statues coming, the Jersey <laughs> retirement what? is coming. All yeah. those things will happen. So yeah, I'm, like he'll get his day. <laughs> the, and the honestly, Drew Brees number nine magnet school. It'll all happen. Yeah. I mean, honestly though, you know, people say, well, there should have been seventy thousand here to say bye at that moment. Sure. But also, kind of seventy thousand there to watch that, to be in the building and watch the crumbling of an idol, oh. is also really gut wrenching. 
to do it in person, to watch somebody who you who fans have connected with, and, and you know yeah. that again, take all the other stuff aside, but just mm-hmm. as as a person watching sports, and this is your franchise player, and it's coming down, and it's coming down badly. Yeah. It's it. That's a hard thing to be in the building for. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you can't leave. You if you stay if you were there to stay. You know what I mean? Like you can't. Right, right. It's not week fifteen and it's bad. It's the last yeah. game of the season. So you're going with two things. And one, it's Drew Brees' last game. And two, you're getting your ass handed to you at home. So you're really not in the mood to cheer and celebrate your oh. because a lot of people you saw Twitter. And social media, it was raw. The feelings about yeah. his old ass, it was like, really? He should have walked to retire. We should have kept Teddy. We should have let Taze, should have let James. <laughs> Everything came up in, in those moments. And that's why it's kind of like, yeah, that distance, give it a year, yeah. you know, <laughs> next season, week one at home, you know, whatever. It's a, you know, th- this is one thing I did not miss about COVID this year was covering the games and being at the Superdome because when I was at the Superdome last season for the for the Vikings uh loss. I mean, I wanted to walk out of that Superdome so bad, but I had to go do the post-game press conference and I'm just like, I want to leave right now. You know, and and I remember looking at uh I think it was like Larry Holder or somebody. I'm just I'm like Larry, we're about to lose this game. And he goes and he just like Mm-hmm. They just kind of did a little quick little nod because, you know, some of the Saints, you know, staff is biased. And we're just like, because God forbid you say something bad about the Saints, you know, with the Saints around there, you know. Yes. So, but we're just like, like, oh, this is not going to. And, and and I kind of felt that watching this game, too. I'm just like, there was a point where it's just like Drew is not going to be able to make this happen. And, and we just you knew it wasn't going to happen. And then just. I don't, I don't know if it's Peyton. I, I really don't know. And I don't know how to do a postmortem on this mm-hmm. because you never, ever get a solid answer. And, and a side note, David, I know you're going to agree that with agree that agree the hell out of it with this. What the hell is wrong with our freaking local media where five of the four of the six goddamn questions are. So, Drew, you're going to retire. So, so Drew, what, what, what do you think about? Uh, are you going to retire? What goes into your thought? And then one jackass who shall remain nameless was, uh, was the turnovers uncharacteristic of uh, the the Saints play today? It's like, what the what the bleep do you think? Oh my God, it's dude! It's a like, one off playoff game. Uh, Talk about that's that has always bothered me. It's like, oh God, in this moment, there'll be time for this retirement shit. No, exactly. There's another day for that. But right now, oh all the questions should be about this game. You played this game. You're accountable right. for this game. Sean Payton, you got questions to answer. Drew Brees, you got questions to answer. Cam Jordan mm-hmm. got questions to answer. Dennis Allen, you got que- everybody's got questions to answer, and none of them in that moment. Are about no. Jesus' retirement. There's like they're trying you got to get the rest of his scoop. life to talk about that. Yeah, shit. they're trying to get but, some damn scoop, and it's like of what? He and he's already scoop. told you, right? Sean uh, Payton so said it. Let the cat out of the bag a year ago. Sean Payton was right. like, "This is it. This is it. It's over." <laughs> right. So Sean Payton told you. Oh, God, yeah. No, that, that that was that was so frustrating listening to that stupid ass post game conference where it's just like. Hey, he, even my guy Jeff Duncan, you know, he was just like, so you know, so you're gonna retire? I'm like, Jesus, Jeffrey, what the hell is wrong with you? Like he I just mean, like you. This is the part that people forget about athletes too. Is when we talk about humanization of it, is mm-hmm. you don't ask people about life decisions in the moment of an emotional thing. 
Right, right. I mean, no one drew how he is that that mechanical brain of his. Where it's like like a a real to real machine up there with the plays. You know, ask He's him. Playing hey, the whole hey, game. Drew, that third, yeah, that third and twelve, Drew. When when, when you kind of you know you, you pulled it back, what were you thinking? Well, you know, I mean, ask him that stuff. Like, why the hell did it doink out of freaking uh, Jared Cook's bicep? What was wrong? You know, I mean, just like, boom, man. But you know. Four back to back, you're going to retire. I'm like, give me your damn press credentials right now, you bums. Oh my God. I mean, because you have to ask those questions about Sean Payton. He's like, yeah, you did all these things over the course of the year to accommodate what Breeze cannot do. Yeah. And that works against most teams. Yeah. It will work against most teams. But the Saints, the, their, their fatal flaw is that they're not built to come from behind against good teams. They can, well, can't not, do having, not having the deep ball. And then, you know, I read this morning that apparently Mike Thomas is, has got some surgery. surgery worthy injury and just wanted to play to help Drew get to a damn Super Bowl. And I'm like, man, you know, I, I, I go back to what I said before about how maybe now we can actually uh, be mean to the saints because uh, as much as I love Drew and I got his Jersey, I mean, it's like everybody was like, oh, well, Drew this, Drew that. I'm doing it for Drew. Do it for Drew. It's like, Jesus Christ, can, can we just do it to win the goddamn game? And and why are you putting yourself at risk? I mean, I understand how, how close you can be as a team. I get all that kind of stuff. But why? I, I don't know. There, if there you were so many enough to get one catch, one catch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, so either there's only two things in play. Either you say you're too hurt to play Mike Thomas because you can't get any separation. Yeah. Or I your mean, quarterback it, couldn't get you the ball and you made no difference anyway. What, so it's what, one of those two things. Yeah. And so I, if it's if either one. When the yeah. slants aren't working for Mike Thomas, nothing's going to work for Mike Thomas. It's just not. I don't know. Was it Emmanuel Sanders who, uh, who uh, kind of pushed off and then – Started to try to leak down the field, and then yeah, yeah, god dang it, the freaking sassin yeah. frassin rack and frack. I mean, and they were good. <sighs> if I asked this question before the playoffs started, and I said, you know, would you consider this a good season, knowing all the stuff the Saints went through, all the injuries that they faced, all the stuff? Would you say it was a good season? And most people said, no, it's Super Bowl or bust. This is what they signed up for was Super Bowl or bust. I don't know if people will really ever. I think you will, people will look back on the season at moments because there's mm. really cool moments. Yeah. Um, but I don't think people are going to look back at this season very fondly at all at the end of it. And, and, not, and take know, COVID, last, take all last, that other stuff, you'll say, yeah. no, we got screwed. And there are going to be a lot of people who feel like, yeah, if they had just upgraded the quarterback position, honestly, <clears> if you had go, said to Drew two years ago, hey, man, you, we, you've gone as far as we can go together. You've, yeah. done, you've done everything we can but it's it's time. Like I when Deshaun this whole Deshaun Watson thing freaked me out. You and I had this goddamn conversation. Now that I stop and think about it, we were like, "Why don't you just make him a goddamn coach now? Make Drew Brees a coach now, because everybody wants to come to the school, the Harvard School of Quarterbacks, to learn under the tutelage of Drew Brees." It's like, okay, make him a damn coach then. It's not rocket science. I mean, I don't know when, when we knew. I lay a lot of blame at Coach Payton's feet because he, he's basically a liar and, and he just won't answer anything too. Knowing good and damn well that, that Drew ain't got the arm strength, but to, to, to ask those questions gets you banned or sent down to the basement of the Superdome. And, and I mean, 
a lot of this falls on them for for you know I, the extreme secrecy when when you know that that Drew couldn't get the ball down there. But anyone who said that we were mercilessly attacked by fans and by, you know, the Saints organization. Well, how many times did you have to see that? Well, air yards, air yards, that shit comes back to matter because how, Mm. what did you see out of Tampa the last seven weeks of the season? They had way more big plays over down the stretch. And even in the Saints game, they had more those plays down the field at certain times. At least they could could keep the defense honest. The Saints never could keep the defense honest. You saw the safeties planting their feet and knowing that the ball was never going to go past them. No, right. I mean, that that's just we, we, that was why we would have these 43-point blowouts back in the day when we, our seven and nine wonderful seasons because Drew could always – who was it? Like uh, the first seven and nine season, every freaking – the first play of every Saints game was always a deep bomb to either, you know, uh, uh, Colston or, or – or, uh, whoever the other speedsters were who probably don't play in the league anymore. Yeah, the rotating um, cast of no-name um, receivers <laughs> from year to year. But, you know, but that that started to go away. And nobody questions, hey, why don't we do that anymore? It's because Drew can't throw the damn ball. But I don't know. I mean, like. I, you get that it, one every once in a while, and then everybody be like, see? See? Oh, yeah, right, right. And, and. It reminds me of, and I know you've seen this movie because you're like me. You're much, very much a, a nerd and watch stupid movies. Little Big League is one of my oh, yeah. favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's the scene where the kid has to, they're talking about his favorite player, Jerry, who, oh. who and remember, he gets a CNI single. Like, it's like, bam, barely gets into the outfield. Guy's been in a slump. Right. And he finally, and he's like, see, he's coming around. He's like, kid, when you get that excited over CNI single, <laughs> but there's a problem, and, and like they had to cut the guy next because yeah, right, yeah, that was his just, step. Was that that was his stepdad, right? No, it was no. Remember, it's his favorite player, the the, oh, the, the okay. guy who also played um the linebacker in the program, and he was oh yeah, 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 Heather okay. Stone in in uh, necessary <laughs> roughness. You know, right. the, the football guy, the guy who acts in all football movies. I right, never right. remember his name, but he's that guy, <laughs> and just uh, yeah, just I mean he. He just, you know, yeah. You, you just, you sometimes you have to realize that your idols are no longer your who they who they used to be. They're yeah. just well, not. And, and, and sports that, is that, the worst at that. That that was the crux of every damn argument we would have because if we would even broach the subject on the show, uh, you, you would get. I mean, I mean, vitriol, <clears throat> vehement disagreements about how how dare you? You know, you just hate Drew. And and like you know, look, I'm I'm still a conductor on the Taysom train. I mean, honestly, the whole reason we lost is because Taysom wasn't playing the game. When you know, we and Murray, we, we that's, it certainly game. hurt not having him and Murray in short yarded situations in the like red that, zone that, to end up that, with those. Two that goes back goals. to the running game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, dear God, I mean, there was uh, I, I don't know, but uh, no, but part but, of that's on Taysom's dumb self too, because there's so many times this year where he unnecessarily threw his body into stuff, and it's like, uh, dude, yeah, well, all the right, fumbles right. this year. A lot of them come from him just being like, it's like, you don't have to hit everybody. You're still a quarterback. You don't have to hit everybody. I'm sure you noticed this. And and like, like I ain't backing down from my Taysom as the next quarterback of the same. I know you won't. Uh, But what, what, what I think though, and what, what would aggravate me with him. And this has to come with more reps and live action games is when it's a designed run and he knows he's going to run the ball. Man, he, he's like a jackhammer going through people. But when he has to tuck and run unexpectedly, 
He doesn't run as strong. And those are typically when the ball would pop out or he would get just, just pie out and laid out because he wasn't, it's like his mind was not steeled and prepared to just, just steamroll people. And that was something that I, every time I would see him, you know, when Drew was out and he was, you know, the QB, he would tuck and run unexpectedly. Those runs were always weaker. It's when you gave him a clear design plan and Taysom, there's a brick wall, run through it, sir, yes, sir. And then it's like, okay, Taysom, you can't throw, go try to run through that brick wall. What do you mean that brick wall? Uh, that, that's a pretty big brick wall, coach. You know, and I, I think he can get past that. But man, look, look, looking at Jason, uh, uh, Jameis, throw that, throw that, that, that bomb to Traquan. Uh, you know, I don't know if Traquan's here yet. I don't know. We've been waiting on the Traquan train forever. I mean, he ain't no, uh, no bum like Carr though. So, and why is Carr still on this team? Um, but, you know, I, I think next season, you know, It'll be fun, man. I mean, let's go back to your, your Deshaun Watson uh, talk, because uh, I mean, I- yeah, because honestly, I, there was when the, when I pitched it with that year when the Texans drafted mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, because I said this to me, and again, I understand the way Saints fans are. I get it. I get it. You know, but I'm <laughs> no, just saying yeah. purely from a detached, emotionless, even to say <laughs> if, if Bill O'Brien at the time. Came from New England, you know what I'm saying? It was at, he was just in there? This is his. He's got. Or he didn't want a young quarterback. He wanted to win games. That's yeah. what he wanted. Right. The Saints had reached. They were in seven and nine hell at that time. They were in the three straight years of seven and nine. Hell. Oh, we were breaking records. But yeah, you're putting up points. <laughs> but you're seven and nine every year. <laughs> since you got these holes in your roster, Breeze is on the part of a career where it's almost impossible for a quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Once you're past 37 and 38, you're talking about the odds of winning a Super Bowl over NFL. It's it's minuscule. Yeah. So I was like, play the odds. Get you your, your young quarterback for the future, who you can lock up for the next decade, or you're gonna keep you're gonna get to the point where this breeze trained runs and just Saints find themselves in the position that they're in now, where either you're speculating on whether Taysom Hill can make the next step. You're hoping that Jameis Winston wants to stay because he's an unrestricted free agent. And there yeah. are teams that are going to be saying if they let's say the Jets miss out on, you know, getting the number one pick or they don't trade for Deshaun Watson. Let's yeah. say the Jaguars don't want Gardner Minshew and they say, well, well, we'll throw a whole bunch of money at Jameis Winston. There's no lock that Jameis Winston is coming back. The no, Colts right, can right. say, we don't want Phillip Rivers anymore. We gave him all this money, but it didn't work. Buy yeah. Phillip Rivers. We'll take Jameis. There are a lot of teams. Detroit. Could certainly be doing because I think Matthew Stafford is a trade possibility. And if he gets traded, potentially yeah. even to the New Orleans Saints, mm. um, Jameis is gone. And so yeah. you can't you really have one quarterback in the room now, and it's a guy who's had four career starts. And the biggest problem that he has besides the tucking is he does not he still has not gotten to the point where he can't anticipate a throw. Jay, t- a yeah. is always about a half second behind yeah, that that cost him in that court. last game that, that 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 tip he tried to step up in the pocket and waited at half a second too it's, long man it's, his, it, his, it's consistent his clock. it's a yeah, long right. it, his clock is long and yeah. he's he's he, he relies so much on the strength of his arm that he's waiting till he sees somebody open and you and mm-hmm. i both know in the nfl you got to throw it before they're open you yeah, got to right. assume that they're going to get to their spot and that that is a repetition thing but are Saints fans going to be willing? And that's and is Sean Payton going to be willing to go through that a whole another year of saying that? And you're in a question now because you never yeah. found out. 
you never gave yourself the opportunity to find out. And yeah. ultimately you say, well, what did you get out of the last four years in a football sense? You got two playoff wins in yeah. four years. That's what you ended up getting is you, you all the 12 and fours yeah. and 13 and threes and division championships. You're going to look at them and you're going to say, but we got two playoff wins out of that. Yeah. And that's the end of Drew Brees' tenure is two playoff wins in his last seven seasons and one NFC championship a game appearance in his last 10. Yeah. That's a really hard downside of the mountain. Um, you know, when it goes into that, when you have that conversation about goats, because it's it's like that's the thing that people are always going to point to. And it's not one, it's never one person. But it, 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 that's, a, that's, a, that's a really tough place for Drew Brees to be in. So, all right. So we, we, we think, um, I mean, Deshaun Watson, apparently he is done. He is completely done. I don't think with, the Saints have, the have what it takes to get that deal done. Because their teams yeah, that have way not. more stuff. Like if you, the yeah. Jets got more in draft picks. They can give them Sam Darnold. They could give, you know, they could give, they could the give three. Sam Darnold? But I'm saying if you just to give, throwing a quarterback in the deal, a guy who's gotten some starts, yeah. and I can give you multiple first rounders in this draft and over other years. Same with Jacksonville. Jacksonville's yeah. got Urban Meyer and a crap load of draft picks yeah. and no state tax. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> right. Well, yeah, right. Put all those things in. And Deshaun's getting that 40 million a year. Trevor Trevor Lawrence or Justin Field? Who do you think he wants? Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. I mean, I I mean they, they're gonna have to draft a QB. Because the question is Trevor Lawrence and neither one of them came up has ever come up big in a big game. No, you're right. You're right. But Trevor you know, Lawrence you know how loses a lot goes. of big games. Yeah. Is Trevor Lawrence because if Trevor Lawrence is everybody says he's the best quarterbacks that we've seen since Andrew Luck. But Andrew Luck never got deep in the playoffs. Yeah, you right. Remember, as mean, far as a prospect. And yeah. even when you talk about Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning's first seven, eight years are pretty, like as far as postseason success, yeah. are not great. So if that's what you're asking for Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer didn't come back to not make the playoffs. That's <laughs> we, my we like a wonderful, mediocre quarterback who'll just come through from fair to middling. If you were if you were Urban Meyer and you keep you keep leaving jobs because you say the stress is killing you. Oh God, what's He's gonna a, kill you? I, I, I hate Urban Meyer. Yeah. I think Urban Meyer is just a, a human piece of feces. I mean, he, he just he throws people onto the bus. He's like, oh, I, I've gotten my use out of you. Now, peace out, bitches. I'm, you know, I, I've left your pro, your, your program in shambles. Now I'm going to go into greener pastures, at least this way in the NFL. He can legally buy them hookers and blow. So, you know, everything's OK for Urban Meyer in the NFL. But he doesn't want to lose. So if he, no, if you're no. Urban Meyer, wouldn't the first call you make be to be to Houston and say, "How can I get your quarterback?" Yeah, probably. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want a rookie because if I'm Urban, you got to live that for three, four years of development. And yeah, Jacksonville right. doesn't have enough talent for you to be like, "Oh, they'll be back in in, in playoff contention." No, in right. Another year or so we, we kind of thought that two years ago, where so they had that amazing defense, and then just like, wah, 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 wah. yeah, gar- maybe keeping yeah. Blake Bortles wasn't the best idea ever <laughs> in Jacksonville. I mean, Blake like, Bortles rules, man. Oh, the dude God. is gonna Blake Bortles is gonna be more famous for the good place than he is for anything he's ever done on yeah, on the yeah. football field. Just the fact that the, one of the great television characters was obsessed with him. Yes. The, the good place. The, yeah. Yes. It, but the, the next show. phase for this team next year, though, again, salary cap is hell. Still have this players team that have is going to be signed. Look, 
this team will look so different. I mean, I, I just don't see, uh, I mean, everybody's coming out of their year three deals too. So how, how much we got to pay Camara? How much we got to pay uh, uh, Lattimore? Uh, who else? Marcus I mean, Williams. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot Is of. Is Cam uh, Jordan, are, are, are you, if you're the Saints, are you exploring moving Cam Jordan at this point? Because you have a yeah. deep defensive line and you have, now you're getting, are you talking about do we need to, to deal with this money situation? Because eventually it's going to hit. Remember, it hit the Patriots. Remember when it hit the Patriots real hard yeah. and they had to yeah. gut everything? And I mean, that's kind of where they are this year. They lost their whole offensive line, some of them due to COVID and, and taking off, yeah. and some of the defensive players too. But they got to a financial point where they had to let everybody go. I mean, they were just letting people leave left and right from that defense um, I'm gonna, for about I'm gonna three years say- straight. Like with Davenport, uh, I'm not going to say his experiment's over. He looked good in the game, but, I mean, he's never been uh, consistent enough. With, yeah, and, and looking back, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, moving up and trying to, you know, make the, the steal of the uh, draft did not pan out. Uh, some things, sometimes things just don't pan out, but I think Davenport is somebody who might end up getting his walking papers. But I mean, we've got a young offensive line though, too, with, with McCoy and, uh, uh, Ruiz and them. We've got some good guys. Yeah. Um, so I think our O-line is fairly set. I mean, it's been pretty consistent, you know, barring injuries and things like that. Uh, I I think because of that stability and youth on the O-line, that they can sort of maybe make some some easier uh, and less hard decisions now. So maybe Cam, they might not shop him around for another year. Maybe, you know, uh, because he's still after Camara, uh, you know, Cam is the face because Cam likes to talk. You and, I, you and I have had this discussion several times on the air where it's just like, Cam, I cannot wait till he retires and, and gets behind the TV cameras because, dear God, he is going to be awesome. You know, Alvin Kamara is as likable and lovable as he is. He's he's kind of like that that whole uh, uh, oh my God, who who was that guy from Texas that uh, played for the Dolphins? We got rid of him, Reggie, not Reggie, Reggie, Ricky Williams, Ricky Williams, yeah, Reggie Bush. I like Reggie, Ricky Williams. He's just really quiet and introverted, and he's not you know not a big fan of people. You know, he he's got the million dollar smile, but you know he he's quiet and reserved. You know, mm-hmm. so I I can only see Cam as the as the verbal leader of this team. Because Mike Thomas isn't that guy. That's, yeah, he, he's Hill. not that guy to do it. And it's not Malcolm Jenkins at this stage. He's not charismatic. Yeah. I mean, like like in the locker room amongst those guys, sure. But, yeah, to yeah. be the face of the franchise, it is Cam Jordan by and large yeah. or Demario Davis. Ooh, that's a good one, yeah. And, he, yeah, I, yeah. But, I mean, I feel I feel for Demario, too, is like – because. Anzalone probably will be back, probably because he's affordable. But you don't know if Quan well, Alexander is going to be able to play. Can I mean, yeah, yeah. can Anzalone stay healthy? Can Quan come back and be healthy? Because he's been hurt a number of times over the last right. few years. I think I still think the Quan Alexander deal was worth it because yeah. you, if the play that you got out of him before he got hurt, he changed that defense. Oh yeah, oh yeah, so good. But I think the Saints are built generally to be okay. They're they they are they will not be a six and 10 team next year. I don't see that unless the quarterback play is so bad that they just, that they just fall off a cliff. And there. I, I think I honestly, I, I know we've all been sort of dreading and I know like the, 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 the hot radio topics were always, what does this, what does, 
you know, the Saints look like post Drew Brees and a hot bad. Well, right. It was always like, oh, you kids and your you don't know how bad it was and it's going to be terrible. It's like, well, two years ago, three years ago, before we, you know, before Taysom and Jameis were in the building and before, you know, when, even with Teddy B behind center, man, it's just like we've always had good. Well, I not always had good not backups. Always. From Teddy B on, <laughs> we've had good backups. Uh, but because I think in the back of, coach Peyton's mind he sort of knew that the jig was up he just didn't know he just he couldn't pull the trigger on it I guess but I, I don't know I think next year uh barring ridiculous sort of just fluke plays and weird things like that I mean I think the Saints team is built enough where you've got two quarterbacks who have now a, a lot of real game time uh, reps under there. I mean, Jameis Winston, you know, he's proven. And I still think that because we got his LASIK, he, he's going to be able to throw these dimes, you know? And they like you just needed some glasses. He just but you can glasses. see that that team really responds to Jameis. They like to, and, uh, it's not a difference between him and Taysom in that regard, but no, 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 they right. like Jameis. They have yeah. accepted Jameis. No, and and I, I think a lot of fans of myself personally, when he did that whole stupid eat the dub behind Drew Brees, that was hysterical to me because he poked fun at himself and we love, love self-deprecation down here. And if you can make fun of yourself, you're going to get along just fine down here. And I think that that's what endeared him to Saints fans and, and the players as well. But I mean, that was our first like, big television moment of, of like Jameis he's here and he gets it he gets the culture and I think you know honestly uh, we, we, we've seen some of these wildcat formations and I mean you know we've talked about how when 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 Drew Brees went down how Peyton excelled at at, at the, those those stressful situations because he is a good offensive mind, but he's gotten stagnant with Drew Brees and he's had to maybe do some gimmick things like you've talked about, but he's going to have to kind of really almost start from scratch, knowing full well that Drew Brees is no longer there. And I think if anything, it'll reinvigorate coach Payton and, and you've got two proven quarterbacks, well, one and a half proven quarterbacks. I'm not going to say, even though I'm a Taysom conductor, you know, that he's not completely proven, but, you know, you've he's got He's at guys. least capable. Yeah. He's at least oh, yeah, capable absolutely. of holding it down yeah. against, you know, we don't know about elite competition yet because he hasn't no, had starts, right. but at the very least, he did win you two division games. And Right. And, and, and you've got quarterback is we all know how important that is because if you ain't got a quarterback you might as well just give it up you know and so i mean i i'm 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 actually positive for for next season for the saints because i don't think it's going to be the train wreck and you know all the the boo hoo hooing because you know i mean now granted who are we losing in the front office did we lose uh terry fontenot yeah yeah but you but but i mean look to keep aaron you got ireland i don't care yeah i mean so I mean, but you, you Fontenot was a, a home was a grown within the house thing, which is what you, you hate to lose people that you've developed yeah. um, in that sense. But yeah, and, and I was I thought my thought was that Ireland would be the first one to go because he's been in charge, and I thought that he would want to be in charge again. That the yeah. reason he came back to the Saints was to build that resume up and say, yeah. okay, now give me my team again. Um, yeah. So I was surprised that he ended up being the one to stay, but. That continuity, the fact that the Saints still do have continuity in the front office, the staff losing Dan Campbell is not going to kill them. He was a tight ends coach. That ain't going to kill you. He's not the – look, Adam Trump Trump is going to be fine. Like you said, Jared Cook, if he stays – 
Dan Campbell's not the loss. You know, that's, that's no. not going to do it. And, the, and you haven't lost Dennis Allen. So if you're keeping Dennis Allen, you're keeping your coordinators in place for the most part. Yeah. And you've got Sean Payton. And you're, like you said, the offensive line is young and good. You know, you'd like to see Andrews Pete be healthier. You'd like to see some of these guys, you know, you want to see Cesar Ruiz with a legitimate offseason. And if he can learn yeah. – and, and be the starting center and be in his natural spot and, and have maybe the two best guards in the league then in yeah. having Ramchek yeah. on one side and then McCoy on the other, you could yeah. you're talking about some physical mean dudes. Yeah. And then if you can keep Alvin Kamara healthy like you did this season, right? And you have that change of pace. Alvin Kamara should have scored 30 touchdowns this year. Legitimately. Yeah. Right. The yeah. only reason he didn't is because he and Taysom Hill were there on the same field together. He didn't score any touchdowns when Taysom was basically starting quarterback. Because Taysom could, just doesn't throw the screen pass. Taysom cannot throw the screen pass. Like, that's just not his thing yet. You know, look, honestly, screen pass anyway, man, they just seem to – they just – they they leaned on it so bad. Yeah, and it keeps getting blown up. I mean, people see it a mile away. It's like, here it, was it going comes farther again. and farther behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> as right, the season right. went on. Uh, but Taysom did take a lot of the red zone carries away from him. He did, he did. And I made that joke, and people thought I was being mean. And I was like, no, but if I'm Alvin Kamara, those touchdowns, that's money out my pocket, dude. Well, you, you know, know what I mean? Like, the, the Emmanuel Sanders passes with Drew was trying to get him paid, you know? It's just, people count this. I, they know. Those players yeah, know. It, yeah, we've seen that before. Like like the uh, the Mike Thomas when uh, was it, it was Teddy B was was just trying to load up Mike Thomas to get those those catches for him, you know? We're it's just like, what are you doing? But fortunately, the game didn't count. That was what right. Was the, so the there's Panthers. nothing wrong with that. But taste, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you if you're if how many chances do you get in the NFL to score twenty plus touchdowns in a season? Yeah. They don't come along I mean, very often. No, right. So yeah, he could add thirty this year, and it's but if Kamara's healthy, you've got him in the prime of his career. If you could bring back Latavius Murray, who I think is an underrated and undervalued player oh, on yeah. his team, yeah, your backfield's still fine. I'm good with what the receivers have. If Sanders comes back again, and you have Mike Thomas, or uh, and, and there are people who are talking about, look, yeah, they ain't trading Mike Thomas. This is that ain't gonna happen. Yeah, not, where does that happening. come from? I don't where know, but it ain't from? happening. But the, the whole thing yeah. with the Saints is Mickey Loomis is going to do what Mickey Loomis does. He's going to kick the can down the, cor- the curb yeah, right, some right. more. He's, gonna, he's <laughs> not going to have a whole bunch of draft picks. He's going to try to figure out a way to get some, some undrafted free agents in that they snuck in through the back door. Mm. And the Saints will probably win double-digit games again next season. I, I don't yeah, think they go 13-3, and three, but yeah, I, 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 I can see them going 10-6 and six again. Yeah, no, I, I, the, the team is, is – at this moment, they're still set up to, to be successful. I mean, you know, as much as we've talked about how it's it's Super Bowl or bust, it's Super Bowl or bust. I mean, I've gotten tired of that stupid ass storyline for three plus years now, where it's just like, all right, we get it. You know, I mean, every team is Super Bowl or bust. Just because you're got an aging quarterback doesn't change the fact that it's Super Bowl or bust. It was just that we all knew the clock was ticking. Okay, well, it struck midnight. And, and as much as we, you know, we all love Drew Brees, you know, it, it all things come to an end. I mean, football is a brutal damn business, man. People don't. Uh, I think you and I have discussed this ad nauseum, but also like with Marlon Fave, right, about how the, the 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 life of a football player is what, two to three three years and, and a lot of them are left broken and battered, you know, for that, for the rest of their lives, even if they only played two or three years where it's just like, you know, it, it is unusual to have these guys that have been there for so long, you know, and, and 
It's just become sort of this mythic thing with Drew Brees. And sure, we all wanted it as Saints fans. Who the hell doesn't want another friggin' Super Bowl, you know? But it it is what it is. I mean, it's been it it has been less than happy times losing three frickin', you know, playoff games just as as poorly as we lost. Not, you know, like like the 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 fluke play and the Nolan no call and all that kind of you know, Minneapolis miracle. Take those aside. The last Vikings game and and this game, we had no business losing. The Saints lost them without the help of the referees. And so there's no excuses for us as fans to be like, yeah, man, they stole it from us. No, no, the Saints just kind of, you know, they just blew it. And, and, And as depressing as that is, you know, it's always on to the next season, but you know, Hey, look, uh, Without Drew, I think this team is still set up to do well. And so, I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be upset or, or you know, maybe nervous or sad for the next season. You know what? No. I mean, there's a lot of there stuff. There are far more about. teams that you'd be looking around at in this league and say, I don't want to be in their situation yeah. other than the Saints. Even in this division, would you rather take this roster without Drew Brees or would you rather take the Falcons roster right now? God, no. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to take the Saints. Would you, you take know? the Saints I mean, or the Panthers right now? Their roster, top to bottom. And you got to take the Saints. So I if mean, that's the case. Yeah, you've got like some shining spots on on, <laughs> on, on both of the Falcons and, 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 and Panthers roster. But no, not top to bottom, not not from position group to position group where we've got leaders and, and, and playmakers in every position group. And the I mean, two most important ones from our friend Marlon. The offensive mm-hmm. and defensive lines, the yeah. Saints have depth on both. So if you yeah. have that, you're you're at a good position to start with. And yeah, I think and if that run, defense with, stays, t- if they can stay top, they don't have to be top five. If they stay top ten defensively, and they're not, and they can actually start getting some longer, you know, real balance to that offense and, and be able to have those down the field threats and things like that, they're not going to fall yep. off. You, you just said it right there because now, you know, we, we can change things up where before, I mean, I, it's easy to be retrospective now and say like, oh, yeah, you know, we didn't go for all these, you know, these, these long passes and stretch the field. But God damn, how long have we been saying we need to stretch the field? We need we need a, a burner that can really get down the field. And you can always say, oh, well, we never got that person. Uh, but yeah, but also Drew couldn't freaking fling it that far anymore, you know. And so now all these options are open again. And, and when you look at a lot of these other teams across the uh, that j- just the NFC, because the AFC scares me now. The AFC yes. scares me. All now. those young quarterbacks in the AFC. I, I, I am a, I am officially a Bills fan at the moment right now because you know poor, the poor Bills. I I even the the suck ass Browns started to lure me in as much as I wanted to throat punch Baker Mayfield and Baker. Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, and uh, Baker Baker's a punk. But I was just kind of like, you know, the suck ass Browns, they deserve it. That the, the city of Cleveland could use a win for once, you know, so, hey, they got there after 25 years. So, you know, maybe they can do better next year. Uh, but the Bills by far, you know, I mean, good like when's the last time one of their players was relevant, like the Flutie Flakes? Is that the last time? Gosh, I, I guess you'd have to say like when Bubble has Kelling. a star, what are we talking about? I'm just talking about like, you know, not even, but I mean, like the team being relevant. Yeah, you know? I mean, well, you're talking about 25 McCoy. years. Yeah, you're talking about 25. Yeah, yeah I mean, Shady yeah. McCoy had some good, but yeah. no, like, but that was after, but he made his, he made his nothing Philly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Shady right. McCoy is always going to be a Philly yeah. guy. So it's, yeah, for the Bills, I, I think the Bills have a legit chance to beat Kansas City. 
I, think I don't so think Kansas too. City's great. This Kansas City no. team, to me, even though they're fifteen and one, whatever, they're not better than they were last year. They've not no, played better I mean, than they, they did last they year. They are really damn good. I'll give them that. I mean, they just. I mean, when you've got Kelsey and and uh, look, yeah, Kelsey. When when, when Henny comes Henny. in and sort of picks up where, where where Mahomes left off. Now he ain't no damn Mahomes, but dude sacrificed his body. I don't know how they let, let, let Henny get a thirteen yard run, man. I, they I, went I, all the way into his Michigan books. They had to go all the way back into his Michigan books. And this dude ain't played at Michigan in 12 years. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking about they had to go find a run. His longest college run was 18 yards. Oh, that's crazy. That's terrible. But, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that, that they're a really good team. But you've got this young Bills team where, I mean, there's a lot of times where a, a lesser team with so much fire in their belly because they – they, uh, the underdog always sort of just, you know, they have that extra oomph, you know I mean? Now going up against almost the juggernaut that is the Chiefs, it'll be tough. But I know this team and those players are not afraid of the Chiefs. And that's half the battle right nope. there, you know? The Bills, so I think, the Bills are physical. The Bills will yeah, and attack. Coach is gonna be, the, the Bills coach is going to be coach of the year most likely. You know, I can't, you know. And, and all you have to do is not, like, again, it's it comes down to the mistakes, yeah. The Browns lost because of mistakes. That's why they lost the game, yeah. not because the, the Chiefs beat them. You know, like no, the Chiefs, right. they come out and, and embarrass. They, they made too many dumb mistakes. And then the dumb rule of the ball <laughs> going out the back of the end zone, which is still the dumbest. The touchback rule still makes no sense. Like, I don't yeah, right. it. When, it's the, when you're the offensive player from Why do I lose the ball? Straight. Yeah, right. Why am you know, I losing like, the okay, ball? Okay, put it at the one. Put it at the one. Why do or I put lose it the spot of the fumble? Yeah, give it at the spot. Just put it back there. You, because I they don't let you advance be. it. I wonder if that'll be the uh, the Nolan no call sort of a uh, rule of, of of the off season where it's just like all right we're we're picking up this flag it's not a touchback if you fumble it through the end zone. This is know, like see. we you know we got the, the Green Bay Tampa game. Ugh. I hope it snows though because I don't I, I don't want to see Tom Brady go to another Super Bowl. I really don't. No, dear God, no. I don't. No. And Aaron Rodgers, he's never he's never had a, uh, a a home NFC Championship in Lambeau, which is kind of mind boggling to me. But I guess you know, weird things happen. Um, but I mean, I think you know we've talked about this before too, where I, you know people make such a big deal about the weather and the cold weather and the outside elements and stuff. Now, granted, a lot of these players, some of them are from Florida and Texas, you know, so it's not like they're you know they ain't born and bred in friggin' Lambeau where they're just like no, least, oh, none yeah. of these people are from Green Bay, right? Right? They they're don't. Like going, they're not joining the polar bear club and going, you know, jumping in the, the lake in their skivvies. They get the fuck out of town as soon as the season <laughs> is over. Yeah, right. It's like, bro, it's cold. We get the hell. But, you know, I mean, I, it's still, though, that the practicing and I think, you know, just, just that that home field advantage, which slowly, I, honestly, if, we, if, if there's a, a year to realize how sometimes the, the home field advantage can play but also doesn't play. It's the it's the COVID year, you know. I mean, it's just like the Saints having nobody in there and and getting, you know, false start penalties when there's no crowd in your own in your own house. It's like, what the hell are you doing? But I digress. Going back to the the, the Packers, yeah, I, the Packers are really, I think they're primed to go in, and I think a, a Packers Bills uh, game would be a entertaining, and I think it would be. Because, I mean, you're, you're looking at an older quarterback and the younger quarterback. You know, you're, you're looking at a younger team, but also, you know, with Devonta Adams. I mean, they've got some some firepower versus, you know, a couple of no names. I think that 
those two would be good. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people. I mean, like Stephon Diggs on one side, and like say, yeah, right, Devontae right. Adams on the other, and like yeah. young lion versus old lion, and then <laughs> right. two cold weather cities. These old, yeah. you know, these very that, yeah. small market NFL towns that revolve around their football teams. That's you a solid that point, bro. I mean, it's like the TV yeah. part of it is really interesting in that dynamic. I don't really give a shit about Tom Brady. And, and yeah, he, right. Like, I just don't. I don't I, care. I don't need to see it. I don't want to see it. I, I there are players. Like, on my phone earlier today where it's just like, obviously, uh, Tom Brady has won uh, the, 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 the war against Belichick because Belichick, you didn't even make it to the playoffs and Brady's, you know, one step away from the Super Bowl. I don't want to see him there, but you know, that storyline needs to end right now because I don't want him to go to the Super Bowl. You know, he's he clearly already win. won. That's the whole thing is this is the stupidest part of this conversation when they had this with, with Brady and Belichick is he didn't get over on Belichick. It's not like, a, like, at Belichick came to the same realization that everybody comes with stuff. I can't keep paying the 43-year-old dude $30 million when I got holes all over my roster now. Yeah, just right, can't. Right. At some point, it becomes financially untenable. And it just got that way for the Patriots. And I'm – look, they may not they, – they went through 20 years. You get 20 years out the deal. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. if, if, they, if they have a down year – is, but is it's, it's like, like with, with Tampa, you know, it's just kind of like when they had, uh, you know, Chucky, who's over in Vegas now, where they're like, hey, we got one. We got one year. We're dropping a whole lo- boatload of cash and we're going to win a Super Bowl. And then we're going to be- go back to being irrelevant again. So it's just like you just psych up your fan base, kind of like, you know, just, hey, look, we're good. And then all right, we suck. But keep buying those tickets, pal. Right. And, they get, and it's not like Tom Brady went somewhere. It, Tom Brady did the same thing that Peyton Manning did. You go find you a ready made team. That's got the pieces that you're looking for. It yeah. wasn't like Tampa didn't have a crap load of offensive talent. You had two of the best receivers in the league. You had a good yeah. tight end. And then you get to call Gronk and tell him come out of retirement. And you do all this stuff. Yeah, fine. They gave you you, – you, you didn't go to a bad team. You didn't no, go, no. You didn't go, you didn't to, go the, to Jacksonville and right. suddenly march the right. <laughs> right. So let me see you do that. You know, <laughs> you didn't get the, the equivalent of the Wizards. Yeah, right. the, the, the Bucks were – the Bucks were seven and nine last year, right? Seven and nine, six and ten, six and ten. Something like year. that, yeah. So it's like, okay, you bet you, you. Yeah, they they had a bunch of games where and they, they turned it in the thirty second. picks. Yeah. You know, yeah. thirty. James throws thirty picks, so yeah, you <laughs> you were a few picks away from being an eight and eight, nine and seventeen. It's not right. like they were a bad team. No, but Tom right. Brady didn't change everything in Tampa. Yeah, it, it, it matters to have a quarterback who doesn't turn it over and is real smart. Sure. He he changed somebody's, you know, uh tax bracket somewhere. With, he didn't with, make it Mike who, Evans a Whose house player. did he buy? Whose house did he rent? <laughs> oh, Derek Jeter's house. Yeah, Derek Jeter's house. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the extra high fences because I don't want I don't need you bums looking at me and my hot ass wife. Stop. You you the plebes looking at Tampa. Me. And it's nothing but old folks and military people in Tampa. <laughs> I mean, it's serious. Now it's old people. Tampa's not like the most diverse town of young no, buzzing no. life that you ever go go to. So maybe that's why Tom Brady likes it there because it's a bunch of old folks there like him. Our early bird specials everywhere you look. You know. You know what I'm saying? Get that TV twelve that money. going. Get that. T- <laughs> I want to see his his urine. Tom Brady's got green urine. I'm convinced of it because of the stuff that he's taking. It's not yellow. <laughs> Ah, uh, you're a mess, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I quickly go forward. We, I wanted, I want to get your thoughts on LSU this year, no. um, because it was, 
it was bad more than just the five and five. It was there was a cultural problem there. There was something that wasn't right in the building. I am look. Yeah, we talked about this in the beginning. See, I never liked the hire of um, uh, uh, of going back. Uh-oh. and uh, 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 I mean, defense uh, going on defense and grabbing um, Bopolini. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. Um, and 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 our, again, Marlon is our boy, and he had he won a national championship with Bo Pelini as his defense coordinator. Yeah. I get I get the affection and all that, but I didn't like it then. I didn't like the money that they paid him. I didn't like the the hiring of Scott Linehan. It, I knew that wasn't going to work. None of it did. But what I don't understand is why do you go tap the same wells again? You go back to call Joe Brady and say, who should I get on offense? You get two people he works with. You say, on oh, defense, you're trying to go back and grab people from the Saints. You haven't been able – you weren't successful in doing that twice. So now you're still trying to find more people to be your defense coordinator. And Corey Raymond is sitting there, and he's got to be like, what else do I have to do? I, I've been here all this time. I'm an LSU legend. I could coach the best defensive backs in the country year in and year out, and I can't get a promotion, but you hire dudes younger than me, and they're getting these jobs – and you hired your old Bo Pelini who hadn't had a defense in NCAA Division One in over a decade, and he's getting two and a half million dollars to do this job and getting his buyout. But I, this is it. And to me, if Ogeron doesn't get this offseason right with these hires, and LSU goes like nine and four next year mm-hmm. or something like that, he's Gene Chizik. Yeah, all right, but yeah, but I mean, Coach O is going to be there for as long as he wants now. You think? I, 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 I do. I do. I, I don't think. He's gonna well, all right. Now, if he has another year like he just had, if you go not, if they go nine, or if they lose to Alabama because they go at Bama again, they're gonna, this year. They're gonna lose to Alabama. Uh, look, so I, 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 I don't see us beating Alabama again for another two to three years. I really don't. Do, I, I, I just, mean, like, do you go look all the situations you got? You're bringing back Miles Brennan, who I think has reached his ceiling. He's not gonna get any better. No, he's Miles Brennan is there. I mean, he's but just, you've got two guys in Max Johnson and TJ Finley who played last year, and you bring it in Garrett Nussmeyer, and Nussmeyer's gonna come in. He's the number one ranked quarterback, whatever, in your class, in, in his class in the state of Louisiana at the very least. Two, you got two three guys for the future. Two things concern me though is that uh, they're not getting. Uh, all the people, they're not getting a lot of people because you've got a lot of defections, a lot of people who uh, withdrew uh, their letters of intent. That's just straight up just decided, you know what, hey, you know what, I'm not going there. I've, I've removed you from my list. And that was because of that abysmal season. And I go back to uh, the the end of the season where, look, you know, you and I have discussed this and we're on the same page where, you know, the, the, these kids need to get paid. And, and if they want to stop, if they want to get out of the middle of the, of the season and, and, and go into the NFL, hey, it's their bodies. It's their one time to get paid. Generational wealth. Look, yes, I get all that. But the. There was mass defections, though, and I think a during lot of that had to deal yeah. during the season where it wasn't just where it's like, get, you go get yours, kid. It was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm out because I'm not going to get myself hurt for a no account team that just is just an embarrassment to my own abilities. And, I, and we saw so many people that rescinded their letters of intent. And so... I'm concerned about the future because we've already lost two steps now, in essence, two years, because we, we've lost people like Eric Gilbert. Uh, and, and they're just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going. I'm homesick. No, he, he's something losing happened sick. in the culture. He's losing sick. But something happened in that locker room, too. 
Coach O did not have command of that team this year the way think- it had before. And I think a lot of it had to do with the summer and the way he handled some of the players and, you know, the concerns they had when he, the March. There was are, we talking about the, well, are we talking about the sexual harassment stuff? I think we- that, no, I think that's with him and Woodward. Him and okay, Woodward got okay. to deal with that shit because that's Title IX. That's federal government investigation. Right, right, okay. But inside the locker room on, you know, when this summer when the players marched and they said that he wasn't really receptive to what they were talking about. Coach um, yeah, and then okay. when um, Coy Moore got uh, pulled over and he wrote his thing about how the Baton Rouge police had harassed him and Coach O was basically like, well, let's hear everything out and find out all the stuff. He didn't really There's side people on both sides. Yeah, he tried to both sides it. And then there was... I think that those, and then I don't think Polini resonated with these kids, and I don't no. think Linehan resonated with those kids. And I think that um, Steve Ensminger, for all the great things that he did, I think it probably would have been best for Steve Ensminger to leave at the end of last season because I think just emotionally, all the stuff that he had been through, all that, that burden. We, he, before last year's championship, they were talking about he was talking about retiring. Yeah, I think he stayed a year too long. That they that they should have tried to hand that over to whom to someone else and now they're back in that position again of trying to find the hot young guys to come up and you see coach O saying well we're gonna have a different offense next year well the problem wasn't that it was so much different it's just that it, it didn't work yeah, because right. how much different can it be y'all thought y'all were running the same concepts that's what you, you said know. all year and 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 with with the defense being so abysmal, I mean, you know, we've how many years have, have we just had horrible quarterback play until Joe Burrow showed up, where the only pride we had was LSU's defense. Now, look, the the easy low hanging fruit, which you know I consoled myself with for the majority of the season, was that. All of our Tigers went to the NFL. You know, I that's how I kept myself warm and cozy at night. That happens at Ohio State. I I know. I I was lying to myself, (laughs) but it kept me warm and cozy at night, David. Uh, But well, and that's what I'm going back to with like. The two years of damage has been done. Two years of recruiting damage. Even though we've got some young guys, you know, we, we've got coaches that, that you know, have basically wasted a year of eligibility for some of our players. And we, we've got guys who have just quit, that have, you know, evacuated, that have just, you know, decided they're not coming. And, you know, Saban is just keeps on collecting all these these guys that are like, you know what, screw this. I'm just going to go get the easy championship with Nick Saban. And so I am concerned that that we're not going to get back to where we want to be for at least two, three years. I'd love to be wrong. And but I just don't see how we get there any quicker if we're still stumbling and bumbling over these hires and, and, you know, we've got these culture issues too. I mean, you know, if you can't connect with these kids in the deep South, uh, you know, you're, you're asking kids from, from, you know, from the sunny state of California to come down in the deep South where we have active clan cells sometimes you better have these kids backs. So, uh, you know, I mean, what was the, the Eric Gilbert thing? Didn't, I think even he kind of threw a little nugget out there about mm-hmm. how it's just like, you know, there's some racist people here and I don't want to be here anymore. You know, yeah. and it was kind of a flipping off the, the off hand comment, but you don't make those comments unless there's something there, you know? And I mean, I just, I I'm concerned, but I, I'll say this though, at the end of the day, I, Coach O will still be here. I don't see Coach O going anywhere. I mean, he's going to have to 
completely crap the bed and have a huge walkout or he, I, I don't I know. Think, I, I think Woodward is not, Woodward doesn't have to be married to Oak because he didn't hire him. And that's the one yeah. thing that, that for Woodward, he, if he if brought in Joe Burrow, he, he won us a, uh, a championship. You know how far that goes. You get, you get but basically you get three years. Cause that, that's what happens, you know, for, for a coach, you get that one off time. Look at Larry Coker at Miami. Remember Larry Coker at Miami? Yeah, but no, I'm just saying and he got back to the, but he got back to the championship. The LSU's biggest problem has always been sustainability. They right. never get the second one. You know what I'm saying? Like get, you have to get LSU has to make a second appearance in a college football playoff. If he doesn't make a college, if he doesn't make at least make the playoff in the next two years, then the, it's it's a it's it gets really hard to justify it when people are going to keep saying Louisiana produces more talent per capita than any place except Texas and California and Florida, and yet LSU, which gets all this talent every year, has only made one college football playoff appearance. Well, we're looking at, at you now, ULL, ULL, get your shit together. And, <laughs> and, 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 there you go. So get it together. Or La Tech. La Tech can do it. You can you know? do it, yeah. The K- yeah, yeah, K- yeah. Cage has finished 16th in the country this year? Yeah, right, man. Get, All right, Cage is going get, Cage is in the playoff next year. Cage is in the playoff. They just need to start poaching LSU players. Stop going to the high schools. Just go over to LSU and be like, Stop, hey, Come over an hour. Yeah, come on over to the house, you know. And now it's just an hour to the west. Get over here. Come on, we got some good food over here too. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm concerned about the LSU program as a whole. Uh, I, I think the damage that was done just through the COVID and the embarrassment that was this season, where there's only so far you can trot out that lie that everybody went to the NFL. I mean, that's what I tell my 14 year old David. But deep down, I know I'm lying to my child because that's that's just the easy thing for people uh, that are maybe on a Baton Rouge radio station going, well, you know, come on, man. We just lost all it. We're, we're going to be better next year. Yeah, bullshit. It don't, it, I mean, why is LSU the only one that this happens to? Everybody else. Like, LSU is no different than, than Michigan State, essentially. No, Michigan right. State I mean, made the, except they won their one title. They've got their one title in, the, in, in this, but look, you, you know, Saban got out and when he left his last year, wasn't a good year. Last Ohio year State, you know, yeah, I mean, you already brought up Ohio yeah. State, but I mean, yeah, I mean, but they, they Brian they, Day is they, coaching Ohio State, and here they are, they're still yeah. going back to the playoff. You know, you might still get your ass handed to you by Alabama, but you are at least uh culturally revel- relevant and you're also nationally relevant. And at the end of the day, that's what they need. I think the only way uh, you see more change is when, like when they bought out less miles contract and you get the backers pissed and they're like, okay, he's got to go. But I, I, I firmly kind of believe that there's, I don't think Coach O can do any wrong except, I mean, he's going to have to well, really. If legal shit gets him. That'll be the thing. Well, legal shit you know, what, what about Will Wade? What's up on his ass? He's going to be out. I think Will Wade is going to leave on his own. I think Will Wade is trying to ride this year because that basketball team is really good this year. Mm. I think he's trying to ride this one, get that one more year, and then go to the NBA. Is he going to get suspended right as the uh, tournament I think he's going to the NBA. I think he wants out because he knows. I think the heat is coming because they've got too much. They've got too much. And Woodward is, again, he didn't, Woodward didn't hire him either. Right. So I don't have, he don't have to deal with that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, why do I have, if it comes down to Scott Woodward having to decide, if the you know if the border regions comes to him and says you gotta let one of these dudes go because we're not gonna be embarrassed, right? He ain't got a problem cutting either one it's, of these dudes. It's just bad juju because he's old. It's, it's, he's old school LSU. Well, wait, yeah. ain't even from here. 
O is no, a right, different right. story. You yeah. know, at least O is, is, is a dyed and, you know, wool dyed LSU person. Right, right. We'll wait well, from here. No, he don't care. Yeah, no. It's it, look. I think it's it's just bad juju because you know it's like like the, the Saints. You know they just they they can't get over that hump to get back to the promised land. And you know with, with LSU, you get one great, glorious, fantastic storybook year, and then follow it up with kind of like I don't know uh, what, what what's a like Scorpion King three almost is what you fe- what you follow it up with. It's just it's that's what it is. Oh. It's. it's- It'll be an interesting offseason for the both of them, man. I, I love this. I love that we got to do this. I hope we're going to have to do this again because I, yeah, I, I, I kind of got my, my stuff set up now. Yeah, I guess. It, can, is anybody watching this on video or is it just no, me? No, like right now, this is just me and you. Okay. Was like, I got like all soon, my nerd stuff in the background. I'm all but I get it up. all finished up because I'm still setting up my home office and my downtown office to get all those things. Yeah. And then we're going to start doing downtown. Some, HITP TV and stuff and and having these set up better, but yeah, but man, I I I, I loved doing this with you, and I'm Sweet. glad. How long we've been talking, bro? Hour and a half. See what happens. See what you get us it's together. A, it's we like just, doing eight. It's like doing ten to noon again. We I just, know, right? With no, no commercial breaks. breaks, you know. Look, we were, we done, we did a whole two hour show with no yep. commercial breaks almost. And we didn't have you didn't have to put any beats down for me this time. I know, so. oh, man. I missed that too. God damn, man. That that was the most fun. Just just. Playing music because like I would tell people like they're like oh you in talk radio that sounds boring I'm like bro I'm my own damn DJ I get to play whatever the hell I want and I produce other people's show which means I get to play whatever the hell I want for like six hours a day kiss my ass like I loved doing that man that's one of the best parts about talk radio is because <laughs> and how much did that that part of it too was people would comment on that for us yeah constantly love- like I love the music that y'all are playing y'all do this it makes me hype in the morning I y'all but, came and, in and and. I, I firmly believe because I was a music major in college. I mean, I, 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 I was a theater rat coming up where it's just like music will get it, it. It speaks to you on a more of like visceral level. And especially when you're listening to an auditory medium, you're in your car and, and you need that little pump because I mean, like I produced several shows, like I said, and, and I had this one guy. I mean, he was just like he was just like a tranquilizer dart to the face every morning, man. But one morning I played Rage Against the Machine and it was like somebody lit a firecracker under his ass. And he's like, good morning, Vietnam. And I'm just like, what the hell? Who knew? And so I started, you know, doing like like some heavy 90s rock. And all of a sudden it was like he found a new lease on life. It's like he was one foot in the grave. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm alive. I'm like, here we go. Now we're talking. But yeah, the music, that was the most fun because I still... I, I still have the email, David, where we could have uh, made our own iHeartRadio playlist of, of hard in the paint music. And I had, I had the D-League stuff ready to roll, man. I was like, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, I just, oh, shit, fell apart. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we had it great, man. We had it, we had, we had that time. stuff locked up. It was awesome. It was well, awesome. You know what? Our stories are not over, sir. No. Our stories are not even remotely over. No. And we're going to do this again. And we're going to do this again. So, but please tell the folks about the Weekend Geek and the other things that you're doing um, so that they can follow you and keep up, brother. 
So, all right, I've got uh, The Week in Geek every Sunday night at 7 o'clock on News Talk, 99.5 WRNO. You can download the podcast on the free iHeartRadio app. And, of course, Spreaker.com, Spotify, I don't know, wherever free podcasts are freely given away, you can find my podcast. Uh, but, yeah, like, so uh, this week uh, I had uh, Ed Morton, not Ed Morton, uh, Joe Morton. He uh, was dying. <laughs> Stop laughing at me, David. You combine, um, like, four different people because you got, like, Ed Norton. Morton and right, Joe right. Morton. So Joe Morton, Dr. Silas Stone from Justice League, but he was in Eureka. He was uh he's in ABC Scandal. Uh, I don't I don't really watch a whole lot of regular Papa TV, Pope. but yeah. So uh but of course but, Terminator 2, which is the term, one that yeah, he do created Skynet. And I during that interview, which you can hear on the iHeartRadio app, I asked him, you know what, I thanked him honestly. I was just like, thank you for not unleashing Skynet on the year 2020 because we had enough crap going on. Uh, but I did ask him about uh, the Ray Fisher incident uh, on the DC set of Justice League. So you want to check that out. And I had uh, these guys, Blurred-ish.com, Blurred-ish.com. Uh, they're up by your way up in Baton Rouge. And uh, so give them a, a check out. They, 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 they sell indie comics, uh, uh, indie books, but also uh, t-shirts, all kinds of cool swag, but they have a podcast, basketball and BS, but also uh, blurredish.com. Uh, but next week I got Leah uh, Remini. Uh, no. Yes. Leah Remini from King of Queens. No. And so she's got a new game show called People Puzzler. And it's, dude, she's still smoking hot. God, I love her. Dude, so my friend, the first time I remember, you know, when she played Samantha's best friend on Who's the Boss? Who's the Boss, yeah, yeah. And then she had that show where she became a model. And Halle Berry was, that was Halle Berry's first TV show. Was oh, she uh, was living as a model. It was like, it, the show got canceled after like, Eight episodes or something. Yeah, but yeah, she was in something else with like, 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 uh, it, it had two seasons though. But she, uh, she was also in Saved by the Bell. Yes, she was. Season three. Stacy Carosi. Stacy Carosi. And so, uh, dude, like during the interview, because I just interviewed her yesterday and, and it was funny. I said, I said, I said, Lee, I'm going to make it a little awkward. I've had a crush on you since the 90s. And she's like, oh, well, that's not awkward. And I, I was like, well, you know, I mean, I haven't made a collage of your pictures in a, at least five, 10 years now, you know. Uh, but I was like, do you think that you may be making an appearance in the revival of Saved by the Bell? And she's like, well, and so I'll leave it there. That's what they call a tease in the biz. But I did, I did sell her at the end. I was like, well, look, you know, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to go right now and make another collage of all your pictures again. She's like, well, I wouldn't hate that. So she, <laughs> she was awesome, dude. I had so much fun talking to her. So yeah, The Week in Geek. Follow me on Twitter at Twig Radio, twigradio.com, The Week in Geek on Instagram. And of course on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash The Weekend Geek. And I'm currently in Facebook jail again. I don't even, I can't, freaking Facebook, man. They're a pain in my ass. That's why I would I've get off if I Instagram. had to. I yeah. would get off if I had to. I, like, I don't even want to use Facebook. I got 19,000 followers on Facebook. Just, so, I hate you know. It. Yeah, I, I use it because I have to, not because I well, want to. Look, I, my 19,000 people came pre-Trump, okay? So I'm just going to leave it at that. I had 19,000 people before Trump got in office and all the old white people flooded Facebook. We're like, you know what? Let me tell you about QAnon here. Uh, cannibalistic pedophiles all over the place. You got to be grateful. That's one thing right. I learned is that you have to be grateful for your victories. Remember that one? Oh, my God, Yes. Be gotta grateful. be grateful. Yeah, you be had grateful. a black president. Be grateful. Be grateful. Thank you. Oh my hey. god. That... 
the good old days. The, the casual racism that would come on the show is just like that's what I loved about you, bro. Like that, that, that that's. I forgot we can curse. But like that shit would fly on other people's show, and just somebody be like, "Well, you know, uh, those kids in the inner city," and like, "Wait, wait, come, come back again." What, 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 what you mean by that? Well, you know, those kids. What kids? You know, <laughs> the the awkwardness where people are like, because you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the pod where it's just like there's so much casual racism in sports talk and sexism. Yeah, right. I mean, we haven't touched on that, uh, but I mean, just like because it's so white, the landscape is so white. They feel that it's okay to just kind of you know drop that. You know, well, you know, those black people make tons of money. It's like wait. Stop. Wait, what did you just say? The other was the guy who said that they should give the scholarships to Chinese kids because they would appreciate them and be able to do something with them. That one was My a special. God. Yeah, that, that would be that guy, uh, Joe. Yeah. Joe in Mandeville. I don't know how he hasn't gotten like, you know. Because he's in Mandeville. Yeah, I guess he'll so. be fine there. He'll be fine there. <laughs> you know, he never has to worry. He's comforted. Uh, it's they could call it Mar-a-Lagoville, you know, whatever. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same. Oh, but dude, God, this no, has been a blast. I gotta Damn actually man. go. Like, I, I wish we could do this longer, but you know, I actually have a life and I have kids and yeah, my no, wife it's and not, stuff. Yeah, it's already five o'clock. Yeah, I know, huh? but this is. Oh well, we're going to do this again soon. And so again, happy one hundredth podcast, Mister Grub, 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 Grub. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right, man. Dude, I wish you all the success in the world, brother. You know, I know you're just out there grinding, crushing it. Keep it up, brother. Yes, sir. So for my friend, D Squared, Dave DeCorbier, I am David Grubb. And this has been another edition of Hard to Paint. I'll be back tomorrow with my man Ross Jackson for another episode of the Dome Patrol, which is which also got its birth <laughs> on the Hard to Paint radio show. And hell it you we're a part of putting that together with me yes. and, him and and us developing yes. that idea. So that was good yes, time. and uh, you know Ross is one of the best. So and be back I like, tomorrow. I like trolling him on Twitter. I troll him on Twitter. I love messing with Ross because he's the most. <laughs> I love the his homie is my favorite thing. The fact that Ross is 2021 and my man drops on me, on me all effortlessly, the time. effortlessly. Yeah. He loves it. So <laughs> a blast. That's the end now, y'all. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. <laughs>